Now we have uh, another guest this morning, John. I'll let you, if you like, introduce her. Well, it's a girl I've known for a long, long time, Rachel Akers. I don't know whether to address you as world champion, <laughs> European champion, uh, or a marvellous teacher of German. Oh, thank you, John. On the latter point, <laughs> in welcoming you, uh, Rachel, I'm very conscious that you are, uh, are now on the staff of the community college. Yes. For the forthcoming 20, 30 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> until my until the end of my days, please, God. <laughs> yeah. oh, that'll be a long, long Rachel. time. Um, thank you. Rachel, you're the daughter of the bold himself. <laughs> Brian well, Akers. Brian Akers, who introduced you to uh, athletics. Yes. Okay. Now, when did you first, you know, participate in the athletic world? Oh, I, I was always there in the background, John. There was uh, three ahead of me at home, so um, I suppose eight, nine years of age, uh, we were doing all sorts of other sports, playing camogie and rugby in Limerick and swimming, um, and Claire and Aaron, my older brothers and sisters, were doing discus um, and hammer. Oh, well, I suppose Claire hadn't, <coughs> excuse me, Claire hadn't really started at that stage with the hammer. It was mainly discus and chop button. Yeah. I would have been throwing back to them. So we were involved from the age of about nine. Why? How come it was in the field events that uh, particularly concentrated? Particularly because of, um, I suppose, John Walsh in Scarf Community College at the time had an interest. In fairness to him, he had a great interest to get anything going. Mm. Um, as an English teacher, it wasn't uh, he wasn't a PE teacher. He was an English teacher with just an interest. Mm. Um, and he had everybody out doing cross country, anybody who was interested with it during the winter months. And then um, he had a great interest in getting people going. If they could run, he'd throw them into the running events. And he himself was able to teach the basics of shot put and discus. Um, that's and that's how it all started, yeah, in the college. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, the last day you were here, we talked about your your the history of yourself in yes. athletics and, and the fact that you are currently world champion. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just from the point of view, if, if you cast your mind back as a student, as, as a young girl who, was, who had a huge interest in athletics, what are the benefits of that? It was huge. It kept me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, I suppose the one thing was you had to make certain sacrifices when you got to a certain point. If you had a Munster Championships or an All-Ireland Championships um, that that weekend or the following weekend, um, well, you weren't exactly going to be out in the disco till 12 o'clock at night. So straight away there were sacrifices that had to be made and lessons, I suppose, to be learned that... If you want something and you want to be successful at something, certain sacrifices have to um, come into play. And for me, it was, I would say, as I got into my mid-teen years, it really was the um, social life that had to sacrifice a little bit. Now, nothing, I didn't have one at all. There was a few teenage discos there, I'm sure we were causing trouble at. But um, in general, we did have to... um, we did have to, or I did have to give up uh, quite a few of the old college discos and, and nights out because you were preparing for an All-Irelands or a Munster Championships or something like that. But um, no, it was it was a lot of kind of life lessons. I, I learned how to travel because of it. 
Um, now, mum and dad were always great for taking us away, and my granddad was in England, so we would have travelled a lot over to England, but you were always travelling under their wing. Um, whereas I remember when I got some of my first international competitions, um, dad insisted that I went on my own. Um, to learn how to travel as part of a team, how to travel through airports, how to travel through, you know, getting the boat and being responsible. And that's something I see now. I take away the school's international team for the last um, 13 years. And it's one of the top things you see is often, yes, the end result is to get there and to compete, but there are so many steps before that that you're trying to teach these young people and trying to say to them, you really have to learn how to be on time, follow instructions, don't lose your boarding card. Hold on to your passport. Oh, my God, you wouldn't believe the amount of dramas we've had over the years with um, young teenagers who who just don't have those experiences and may not actually have those experiences depending on their family situation. Some of them had never left the country. It was the first time they were leaving the country um, was when we brought them away for schools internationals. Yes. So I'm, I think certain sports allow you to travel the world and I've been blessed that athletics has been one of those. I've been to so many different countries and got to travel and got to know so many people from all around this wonderful country mm. that I would never have had the opportunity to do and without I, athletics. I suppose many of those life lessons as well are for even for, for the majority of people interested in sport who aren't competing at elite level, who don't necessarily represent their country, maybe who represent their club locally yes. or whatever. Um, but many of those lessons are still are still there. Oh, they are. Oh, mm. they are. It's just that it's the discipline of, um, I suppose, having a goal, having a name and how to get there um, within reason and having balance of life at the same time that, yes, you can have a social life when appropriate and but you can also um, put in the hard work if you if you want to see the end results. Um, but I suppose sport allows for that and allows that discipline and teaches you how to fail and teaches you how to be successful at the same time. And is that so important, how to learn so how to fail? So important, and how to, to fail gracefully. How to, how to lose. How to lose gracefully. Um, there is nothing worse now, I suppose, in my role, we would, <coughs> excuse me, we would officiate quite a lot of competitions. And it's extremely important to, I suppose, teach the young athletes that everybody has a bad day, and it's how you handle that bad day. Even just last weekend was the All-Ireland School Championships and there was one particular girl in mind from Donegal who had, was a clear winner on the day but she was trying to get a qualification for the um, European Youth Olympics, the under-18 Youth Olympics and she had a, um, a disaster of a day. And bless her, she was upset but she handled it very well but her parents had taught her how to handle it well as well and she had her little cry at the end of it but there was no tantrums being thrown whereas sometimes we can see other boys and or girls and they... They'd be throwing their toys out of the pram mid-competition and you're trying to say to them, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place of how to act. And yes, nobody's saying you can't be upset, but how to deal with failure, whatever your failure is. If your failure is not progressing through to the final, if it's not doing what you thought you could do, but how to deal with that. And at the same time, then how to be a graceful winner that you're not goading or gloating uh, at the same time. So it's a fine balance in life. Yes. Rachel, uh, <coughs> a, a while back, a couple of weeks ago, I think the GAA are proposing that they get rid of underage competitions. So they won't have that experience of necessarily winning or losing because everybody is a winner 
What do you make of that? Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I, as I say to my own students, I'm a realist. Um, I'm all for <clears throat> positive and for encouraging. And I do think there's a time and a place to encourage people and get them encouraged. I see with my own kind of six-year-old and three-year-olds, that's all about encouraging. But there is a point in life where somebody should be rewarded for their hard work. Yeah. And if a nine, ten-year-old um, has spent weeks training for 100 metres and wins, well, they should get the deserved recognition. Yeah. Because as they progress through life... Um, it's all competition and it's yeah. exactly what it is. There isn't going to be, what are we going to do, get them to the age of 15 and then say, okay, now we're going to be yeah. competitive. Yeah. So we see it at the local kind of sports days when you go into Ennis Track or Marion or any of the athletics clubs, um, they have medals for all under six. And I think that is fantastic. And then from under eight, under nine, it's first, second and third. And yeah. um, those kids have trained three times a week at eight years of age um, and they deserve to be recognised, would be my opinion. Mm. But mm -hmm. that might be a divided opinion, I don't know. I suppose, uh, you know, officially there are no competitive fixtures at for in GEA yes. for underage. But if you see, we'll say, Bodeik versus Ogunlo out there at underage level and they're under nines or under yeah. eights, they are trying to win. Oh, they are. Do you know, they are doing their best. And my eight-year-old will come home and she'll tell me whether they won or lost, even though they've been told <laughs> it's a draw. <laughs> so, yeah, they know, they're counting on the pitch themselves, yeah. I just think we were talking there a few minutes ago during the news headlines and it was mentioned about the um, the Clare miners who won last weekend yes. and, and, you know, looking and reading about them and looking at the background of them, um, it is clear that there is a lot more than hurling skill involved. I, I'm just yes. mentioning hurling, but yes. you might draw parallels with athletics. That that it's it's development of their personality, it's development of their character, which translates directly into their performance Absolutely. in the sport. Absolutely, I suppose leaders are developed on a pitch, whether it's in a classroom or on a pitch. You can develop your leaders there, but they also have to learn how to work as part of a team. Um, there's no one person out there winning the match on their own, um, and it's huge. So I suppose. Athletics or hammer throwing might be a little bit more individual, but if you're part of a relay team, you are very much part of one of four or one of six because often six would train together and you need to be completely in sync. So I suppose there are certain aspects of athletics where you're very much um, part of a team like, like hurling, but it is character building. It is, again, how do you lose gracefully? How do you win gracefully? How do you approach the whole thing? Um, and, of course, there's so much dedication those boys have put in um, and their only aim is to win. They're mm. not going out there to do anything less than win. Um, and I suppose they strive for that in everything that they do. And I suppose those lessons will carry over to life in general absolutely, as well. Absolutely. Well, that I don't think you ever lose that discipline. I think uh, a lot of my adult discipline in my in my job and my career is from you know years of getting up at six o'clock in the morning as a twelve year old training twice a day. Um, that discipline and organisation was in place at twelve. Um, and you don't just switch that off. Even if you do take a hiatus for 10 years, <laughs> it stays with you. It stays with you. So I do think that um, sport of any sort, it doesn't matter whether it's GAA or athletics, um, it breeds a certain type of discipline for those who strive to be the best that they can. And that just emanates yeah. then across all, Rachel, all aspects. Rachel, I'm thinking you're about to begin a new phase in your life. Yes. Correct? Yes. Um, you must have thought a lot about this. I have. <laughs> and 
the idea of a little vision for yourself does it is it is it there under the skin it was always kind of the the end goal that i thought i suppose would could be a possibility um believe me i've had my moments where i've wondered whether it was the right thing uh working and um living in the community in the same community um but that only lasted a few minutes. <laughs> I had a little wobble where I thought, oh, should I stay where I am? And then you realise there's so many factors. If you do a, a pro and con list, um, the pros outweighed the cons by far. And I think, again, a certain personality, if you can, if you can handle it, I like to think that if you're good at your job, it doesn't matter where you live. Tell me, you know from your experience that you're dependent in pursuing your objectives, you're dependent yes. on uh, the teamwork of the staff. Yes. You know, this is a, a I hear, a constant um, bug for people who are pursuing, teachers who are pursuing uh, extracurricular activities, okay? Yes. For good, sound educational reasons, as you yes. very well pointed out there. I, sp- I suppose I'm in an unusual predicament in that I'm not a PE teacher. Yes. Um, much to a lot of people's You're a teacher of German. I teach German, yeah. So I suppose I have a full timetable of German to teach. So yeah. anything extracurricular is exactly that. It's extra. Mm. Um, so I would like to hope that I can I can get maybe Sinead Mortel and some of the PE teachers on board. I think I will. They're, they're putting in so much time and effort over in Scarif to uh, develop all aspects of sport. When I when I see their Facebook page, everything from badminton to basketball to camogie to rugby, they are pushing absolutely everything. So I guess I'm just going to add another one to the <laughs> to the mix and see if we can get um, athletics back to where it used to be. It might take a few years um, to, to build up the supplies in the stash but um, as I said to Angela a piece of concrete and two nets and a pole or a net and two poles I'll be will be sorted for a while yeah, yeah fair play to you yeah. we're all looking forward to you know yeah uh, I'll have to I have to find the balance as you say finding yeah. the balance of being in the classroom full-time and being able to do that as well yeah. I must say I was down in Shannon last week in a house and I just happened to meet uh, there was a few girls in the house and one of them was a teacher, and I just asked her. I didn't know her. I can't even remember her name now, but she taught with you. Oh, wow. And uh, it was there was a kind of a gloom, John, over the school. <laughs> and, but she did... Down there. Not yeah. Down there, yeah. yes. But she did express, you know, that, that Scarif will benefit hugely. Oh, yeah. so I, I must say, I, I'm very sorry to leave the comp. I was there for seven years, and... I think I had a great rapport with the students and with the staff. And I must say last Friday was a, a wobbly moment, all right, saying goodbye publicly to um, to them all. But I suppose bigger picture, um, I'd like to think that in Scarif that we can bring a little bit more, maybe bring a little bit of the athletics. I know that in terms of German, I'm so passionate about it. I'm looking forward to kind of revamping it a little bit as well, mm. if possible, um, in the college. And yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunities there, which um, are just, I buy two hours of my life back all of a sudden with not having to travel um, to Shannon and not having to, you know, there was many a night where you've got parent-teacher meetings or events after school where I just don't get to see the kids. I'm just not home in time. So um, I think all of those aspects can only be a plus mm, yes. uh, as well for family Richard, life. You, you mentioned the two nets, but we know that there's great developments happening down in the school. Yes. Do, you know, do you know when roughly the athletics track 
I'm not, I think they're still in massive fundraising. They're still fundraising. Yeah, they're still fundraising so at this stage. So you have time to build up the capacity. This is it. And then you can reveal as all some, these great As someone students. said to me at the All-Irelands recently, they said, uh, not telling you what to do, he said. He, he used to be the, the president of the Athletics Association, Michael. He said, not telling what to do, but you know now to start with first years, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. And, uh, as in, you'll build your team from the ground up. Yeah. Um, as much as you'd love to throw the older students in, um, not that it's a waste of time. It's very, very difficult, especially in the throws events, to get someone of 15, 16 to start. Yeah. Whereas at 12, they, especially for the boys, the weight increases every two years. And if you just throw in a boy at a 5K hammer or a 6K hammer, it's very, very difficult. Whereas if you start them with the lighter hammer, they learn the technique. And yeah, building it comes up along. capacity. They, exactly. And skill, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, David and uh, uh, Jim, um, what was I going to say? No, it's it slipped my it's mind. It's gone anyway. I'm sure it was, was positive. Oh, very, very, very <laughs> positive indeed. Yeah. Oh, yes, I knew it. The call on the, G, on the um, uh, loudspeaker system in the college, okay? Would any first years who are interested in <laughs> athletics like to come, uh, with the permission of your teacher, like to come out to have a look at you? <laughs> and you had a burst, you'd have a rush for the door now uh, do you remember that your dad was very good at that he'd come and he'd say John uh, and John was too, yes. uh, I, I, I'd like to get the first years for a, an hour yes now the question is it was mayhem how, mayhem, <laughs> how many uh, you know how many hours Will they put in? Yeah. Well, you know as well as I do that you have the capacity to identify the inherent skills That's required. It. You can measure that well. It's funny. Um, that was something that was very obvious even in Shannon. If you asked students who knew nothing about athletics to come after school, you would not get the numbers. Yeah. You'd get the kids who were hanging around anyway who actually weren't really interested in sport, perhaps. Whereas if you got the opportunity to, you know, a free class of mine to go down to the PE class and ask the PE teachers, could I, you know, team teach with you for this class but see if I can talent spot? Yeah. All of a sudden, you could have 20 people at training every day yeah. because... In that 40 minutes, you were able to identify you've got a fast arm, you've got a natural throwing arm, you're just very big and strong, and you've got coordination, whatever it was. And that praise, sometimes <clears throat> that 40 minutes of praise was all it took for them to decide, OK, they were going to see if they could make this work. Yeah. Anyway, Rachel, listen, we'll have to leave it there. No Time problem. has caught up with us. I mean, we're delighted for you, and we know from the last time you were here, you were hope, very yes. hopeful and looking forward to a positive result in relation to interviews and stuff. So we are absolutely thrilled, not just for you, but for all the young people in East Clare as well who go to Scarf Community College, and for their, their German skills and for their athletic well, skills. Mary so Ryan sent me a fabulous card saying... <laughs> I was back where I belonged in my alma mater <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought she put it very well that I was home. Yes. So, okay. um, yes, looking okay. forward to it. Rachel, many thanks for Thank joining you. us tomorrow. We look forward to having you back here many times in the coming years. <laughs> Thank you. Thank thanks you. very much.